Hello and welcome to Victory Briefings, where we use the Word of God for a victorious life. I'm Dwight Hammond and I'm glad you're listening today. Be blessed by the Holy Spirit as He gives you new revelation knowledge through the Word of God. Today we'll begin with the second half of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, beginning in chapter 4, verse 1. Remember, the first half of this letter has taught us who we are and what we have in Christ, and now Paul shows us in the last half of the letter our response to the teaching, or how to walk in Christ. This is a step-by-step walk to victory. The Christian life is compared to a walk because it starts with one step of faith, involves progress, and demands balance and strength. This is a step-by-step methodical process, a carefully laid plan for our maturity in the anointing. If we do not learn to walk, we'll never be able to run the race that is set before us, let alone stand in battle. What we learn and believe determines our behavior. Let's begin our step-by-step journey and study our response to Paul's prayers for us and what we have learned so far. The first three verses of Ephesians 4 in the New King James Version says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling in which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The things Paul tells us to do in the last half of Ephesians are impossible for the natural man to do. Living the Christian life is impossible in our own strength. In order to be Christ-like, we must use the same power that Jesus used. Through the Word of God and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we can live the life of Christ in the devil's world. Let me read Ephesians 4, verse 1 again. The New King James Version says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Therefore, since we have the knowledge, Paul pleads with us to walk worthy of the calling our position, seated with the Lord. Walking is an outward physical action which represents a spiritual truth. Just as walking in the natural is traveling from one place to another, in the spiritual realm, walking is moving from spiritual birth to spiritual maturity. This walking requires one step at a time with spiritual sight and balance. The word worthy is Greek word axios, which means equal weight. Our calling and conduct should be in balance. The calling refers to not only the believer's salvation, but also to their union in the body. A Christian's conduct concerns both his personal life and his responsibility to other parts of the body of Christ. The New Testament gives us at least nine areas of our walk. Each requires 
putting our knowledge of the Word of God into daily operations in our lives. The first one is to walk in the Word of God. 3 John 3. Walk in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.16 and Romans 8 verse 4. Walk by faith, not by senses. 2 Corinthians 5.7. Walk in love. Ephesians 5.2. Walk in a newness of life. Romans 6.4. Walk in integrity before the world. Romans 13 verse 13. Walk in good works. Ephesians 2 verse 10. Walk in our calling or vocation, the ministry office. Ephesians 4.1. Walk in wisdom before unbelievers. Colossians 4 verse 5. I'll read the scripture again. Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, and verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Gentleness is meekness in the King James Version, and meekness is a condition of the heart, not so much an action. Opposite of rudeness or harshness, meekness suggests emotions under control. It does not suggest weakness. Jesus was meek and humble in heart, yet he overturned the tables of the money changers and drove them out of the temple with a whip. Meekness is not weakness. And this Greek word is used for a soothing medicine or a colt that has been broken or a soft wind, each having power but is under control. Jesus could have treated those money changers like he did the fig tree. Chapter 4, verse 2 is telling us, With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Long-suffering here means patience. It is the same word translated patience in Hebrews 6.12, where it says to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now the word bearing here in the King James is translated forbearing. Forbearing is to put up with, or to endure, or to stand your ground. Even though we may have more knowledge than another, we must bear with them in love and remain teachable ourselves. And I know this must be difficult for you, because it's difficult for me. When we know that we're right, we must stand our ground in love. We listen to what others say and weigh it in our spirit. At times we may change our mind, other times we may not. We stand for truth, but we must do so in love, forbearing one another. Chapter 4, verse 3 says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring means to be eager to maintain or guard the unity of the Spirit. Many Christians confuse our mission in life. They um, believe that God has left us here to agree in all our beliefs and doctrines. This will never happen until we are in heaven. We'll see this later in this chapter in verse 13 when we study the unity of faith. This will be accomplished 
by Jesus after the judgment seat of Christ. Our purpose as believers is to keep the unity of the Spirit. This is harmony over our mission, not our beliefs. Our mission is the Great Commission. And you can see that in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen to 20 and Mark sixteen fifteen through 18. We will never agree on all the, all the doctrines and teachings that we have, but we can get along with each other in peace while we win others to Jesus. This type of unity is not as easy as it sounds. Maintaining unity among people of diverse beliefs and backgrounds is hard work. Without the Holy Spirit, it is impossible. But with Him, our hard work will pay off. Here is an example of endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace with varying beliefs and backgrounds. One time, there was a commotion next door, and my Amish neighbors were under attack. The mother was apparently having terrible chest pains, and the ambulance was on the way. The nearby Methodist pastor and myself found ourselves in the neighbor's front lawn as the first responders showed up. The pastor said, well, I guess we all believe in prayer. And as the pastor prayed, I declared wholeness, health, and healing over the Amish woman. Less than an hour later, the neighbor was looking for someone to bring his mother home. The hospital could not find anything wrong with her. We all had endeavored in the unity of the Spirit, and God's will was accomplished. Praise Jesus. Father, I thank you that I have balance and strength in the Holy Spirit during my walk on earth as one called into your kingdom. I don't have to believe and act on all the different ways and teachings of others in order to live together in love and unity. I just want to act like Jesus. Lord, thank you that I can keep on learning of you by your word. I am determined to keep unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I can tolerate differences and levels of grace, and as long as I can operate in love, Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you are subscribed and will make it a part of your ministry to share this message with others. God bless you, my friend. This program and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net.